What episode number is this? Five? Five. Oh, moving on. Wait, is it really five? Okay, well, on. Wait, yeah, we did Relapse, Witness, Man of the Woods, and our pop. Wow, so we have two more episodes of the season. Oh my God. Welcome to Flopography, where we revisit old pop albums that are known by many, not because of their critical or commercial success, but because of their lack thereof. These albums received the designation of flop. But did we give them a fair shake? Welcome to episode five of Flopography. We can't believe that, you know, we're already halfway through the season. Mike and I were just talking about that. And we're really excited today because we'll be reviewing uh, Christina Aguilera's Bionic. Aguilera, that's a good pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> I tried, you know, I really struggle spelling her name, so. Uh, really? Uh, you yeah. know what's funny is that it's a common name. Like I had someone named Melissa Aguilera. She's listening to a shout out in grade school. So Aguilera, but it's Aguilera in English too. But anyways. <laughs> it ro rolls off the tongue for you since you're a fan. Uh, but uh, it's funny, Mike, I was just literally just finished an NFL draft, fantasy football draft. And now I'm talking about Christina's bionic. So yes. like mind, mind shift. Mike, let's jump right into your thoughts of Christina as an artist. Uh, I didn't realize her fans were called fighters. So oh, I yeah, they are. on that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm definitely, I wouldn't call myself a fighter, but like, um, it's funny when you look at do hashtag research with fighters, like it's mostly people like actually talking about fighters themselves, not Christina Aguilera fighters. Um, I like Christina. I bought her first record as a, as a kid and um, I loved her. I loved the um, script era. I remember watching Dirty on TRL all the time and feeling dirty while watching it, um, but also being very curious about her. So I, I love Christina and so when this album rolled around, I'll talk about later, like I was definitely very excited about her. From my perspective, like I've always thought Christina has an amazing voice, mm -hmm. um, specifically amongst her peers at the time. But I've never necessarily been a big fan of her. So listening to this album uh, for for the first time uh, was eye opening for me. Uh, the the songs that I enjoyed growing up were her was her initial song "Genie in a Bottle," yeah. um, and I was really impressed and and liked the message of her song "Beautiful." Your your perception of her is pretty much in line with the general public. I don't think you're that much of an exception to the rule. But for those who are, are, are watching us right now, you already see our outfits. So we have to talk about our outfits because Steve and I try to do a little bit of outfit stuff sometimes. So I texted Steve and I said, hey, got to dress up for the day. So what I decided to do um, for my outfit, if you're listening to us, I'm just wearing like a, a mesh, like 
edgy type over sweater. It's like a jacket over something like that. I was gonna so, wear so that's a see-through jacket though. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, got it. Yeah, it's I could gonna do that for y'all. And and I went the opposite way. Uh, I'm wearing a Nike jacket, but it is bright lime green. Yeah, like yellowish, I guess. Uh, maybe not lime green, but it's it's bright and loud. Mike said I might have to go into my wife's closet uh, to pull out something that that will fit with this bionic era. Uh, what were you doing and what were you listening to at the time Bionic was released, which was June 8th, 2010? Um, and I have to say, it's interesting to me you're such a fan of hers because you're younger than me. And she came out so like early in terms of in the 90s. So it's interesting to me that that you feel so attached to her. But I guess... I'd like to hear a little bit more about what you were doing when the album was released, but also, yeah. you know, how you became such a fan. So it was probably like in second grade, second grade when her first record came out. Um, and and so I listened to pop music as a kid growing up and the radio, my family all the time. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just grew up with her too, essentially. But um when this album came out, I was um, in between high school and college, and I was super effing excited. I like she had me with "Not Myself Tonight," and I was just like enamored and thrilled about this era. And it ended up being one of my albums of that summer that was consistently on repeat. Um, I was always out and about that summer listening to it uh, amidst all the other pop music that was a very exciting summer, but that's where I was in life. How about you? Um, so I had just graduated from college at Michigan State. Um, I have to say, I don't remember Chris this era at all. Wow. Um, it, it made no impact in my life, I hate to say. Um, I was I was really busy though. I was figuring out, it was a transitional point in my life. I was figuring out what I was doing next, which was moving to Chicago uh, in September of that year. Um, and so I really don't remember uh, the, the era very well. Mm -hmm. uh, what was happening in music at the time? Uh, from an R&B perspective, uh, we the chart toppers that year were Usher and Tayo Cruz. Uh, if you remember Tayo Cruz, yeah, Tyo. Uh, he, he had a he had a couple of big hits. He was uh, pop though. He wouldn't call him R and B. He was total pop. And then from from a pop perspective, the main players uh, and biggest singles that year. We just reviewed Katy Perry. California Girls came out that summer. Uh, also, Kesha TikTok was the biggest song of the year. Um, famously blocked. Lady Gaga's Bad Romance from number one. Uh, so the, a lot of comparisons as we get into Christina's era with Gaga actually, um, yes. and, and in a lot of the reviews I read, um, it that that theme came came to the top. 
But for Christina, this was her sixth studio album. As we get into the numbers, uh, the first came out in 1999. So Mike referenced his second grade obsession with the genie in a bottle, Christina Aguilera. Uh, and then she came out with a Latin album, uh, Me, uh, oh. Reflect, how, how do I say it properly, Mike? Reflejo. Reflejo. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm happy that you saved me on that one. So that came out in 2000. She had a Christmas album and then she really broke her pop image with Stripped. Uh, and and that, that era I remember quite a bit. And then back to the basics, a bit, a bit more of her personal album. Yeah. And so she came into uh, uh, this era after Back to the Basics, which sold uh, 346,000 in her first week. Today, Back to the Basics is platinum. And her hit singles were Ain't No Other Man at number six, Hurt at number 19, and Candyman at number 25. Now, I remember Ain't No Other Man, but the others I, I re-listened to, and I don't really remember. Were, were, like, were they big hits, uh, apparently with that face? Oh. Were they big hits like to you and, and the fan base? Ain't No Other Man was not a big hit. Um... Candyman was definitely much more of a big hit. Um, but Really? I, I feel like the GP, though, would say... Yeah, not really. No Other Man was a much bigger song. It Well, because it was the first single, you know? And tw 2006 was also a very exciting time of music. We had Paris Hilton come out with her first ever record that year. Uh, Jessica... You're, you're going from referencing Brooke Hogan to Paris Hilton, so... Yeah, Jessica Simpson's A Public Affair. But Steve, I want to call out... That album, Back to Basics, was released in 2006. Now, this is a four-year gap between yeah. 2006 and 2010. So let's remember there's a common theme with our last episode. When you take a gap, you are going to have a flop. Specifically for... Uh, Bionic, she sold 110,000 copies in the first week. Uh, so her sales were down by about a third uh, from Back to the Basics. Uh, and, and we should caveat that as the years go by, it's tougher to produce the same type of numbers because of how album sales have shifted so drastically to, to streaming equivalents. Yep. Her singles, her Hot 100 Peaks, were uh, Not Myself Tonight hit number 23, uh, and Woo Hoo, which I don't remember at all, hit number 79. Uh, <laughs> Woo Hoo is a bop and a half. We'll talk about that, but come on. Uh, uh, and our second uh, album review in a row where one of the singles had a Nicki Minaj feature. What, what was last episode? Swish Swish. Oh, that was two episodes ago. <laughs> oh, wow. Losing it here, Mike. It's but, okay. but yeah, no, Eminem did not have a Nicki Minaj feature. The draft got to you today. And then the total album sales today, uh, uh, the album's officially gold. Um, so it sold more than 500,000 units. And going back to her, her critic scores, she actually had some decent 
critic scores, uh, but she dropped back to the basics, had a, had a um, Metacritic score of, of 69 out of 100, and Bionic had a Metacritic score of 56, so it dropped. But, but uh, Bionic was more was hot, higher rated than Stripped, which got a 55. Take me back to Mike, that summer of freedom before you, you know, started in, in college. What was your initial reaction to the album? And then tell me about your reaction today. My initial reaction was just excitement and, um, and joy. And that sounds cliche, but like, I was obsessed with it. Obsessed. Like it, it's a long album, which I appreciate when I like an artist. Um, and I think that what the standard is probably like 20 tracks and then the deluxe is 26. Um, and I was just jamming out to it. And that was my summer music. You had Gaga, um, you know, you had Kesha, Katy Perry, uh, Rihanna was uh, kind of gearing up for loud era and all it was exciting times. So I was obsessed at that time. I, I would say, so I don't have an initial reaction to the album from um, back in 2010. Um, my reaction to the album after listening to the deluxe version, um, it's funny, we we choose flop albums and then we choose the longest albums um, imaginable. But yeah. I, I felt it was very unexpected to me. Um, so now, today, when you listen to it, unexpected? It was unexpected to me both today and as I look back at like the time, um, it was quite unexpected. It was not like the Christina Aguilera uh, sound I remember. Um, and after listening to Eminem's album, it's hard to say that it was like explicit in any way. Yeah. But like I, I had heard obviously dirty, but it was very much more sexual than than I expected. To me, it, it sounded a lot like art pop in a lot of ways, at least the first part of the album. Uh, so it's funny, like thinking about calling art pop ahead of its time, uh, <laughs> because this was three years before. Uh, I, I think that the the final uh, just pieces that um, surprised me was uh, the first half of the album felt very much like uh, electro pop uh, dance music, very upbeat. And then the the back half, not that that ballads were bad, but there's like a bunch of different ballads in a row, and it kind of like. It, it felt like a stark contrast on both sides. Yeah. And then the final thing I'd say about the album is that I forgot how like short songs have gotten today. So like now a lot of songs like are what, two to three minutes to like kind of fit in with the streaming era. A lot of these songs are like four to five minutes, which felt long but maybe it was because it's not necessarily my type of music. So, but I did go in with an open mind, Mike. So well, I, I would say that before, before we critique anything. Good. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you have an open mind. It's what we have to have when we go into these episodes. With Stripped Era, X-Tina was introduced to the world. And now with Back to Basics, gone. X-Tina was gone. But with 
this era, she brought Xena back with a capital X. And like your point, she came back with a sexualized now look and attitude. She was kind of just much more um, blunt in your face and she just went for it. And she owned that, that, that dance pop that in 2010 was starting to emerge as a sound. So she definitely, to your point, revolutionized it in a way. Let's get glam. What was your low moment of Christina's era? My low moment's lack of promotion of it. Um, so there was a really big, big dark cloud over this entire era. And that was the comparisons with Lady Gaga. Um, Lady Gaga was riding her career high and everyone, especially Perez Hilton, was comparing uh, Christina Aguilera to Lady Gaga. And that, overshadowed everything and, and Twitter like was against Christina. And I think the low moment of the era is that that all ended up like kind of like snowballing and just like hitting Christina Aguilera and rolling her over. And she had two videos only from that entire era, that 26 album, 26 track album. And she canceled her tour because of the low numbers and she just gave up. She pulled the plug on it too early. Actually, my low moment is sort of in your bucket of, of comparison to Gaga. I read a bunch of different reviews to kind of see what critics were thinking about Bionic and the album back in 2010. I can't tell you how many reviews, like in the lead paragraph, were comparing Christina to X artist. Most yep. of the time it was Gaga. There were a couple articles about Britney, um, but it was all about like comparing her with other women. Yeah. You don't see that a lot when we when we review male artists, specifically Eminem and um, and Justin Timberlake. So that kind of um, you know instantly made the review not about the music and instead about the artist. with other reviews, we found like trailers and a bunch of videos and like performances that just doesn't exist with this album. Nope. And she had like one major performance and that was for the VMAs and where she's saying, not myself tonight and woohoo back to back bops. And you know, that was it essentially. She kind of just pulled the plug and to your point, 2010 was full of pop female artists rocking it. And and that time in society, they just pitted themselves all against each other. And it was really, really, um, that's where stands started to come out the works and fighting each other. And media played along with that. And I really like your quote, like, you know, it's all about the artists and less about the music itself. So that again, snowballed Christina Aguilera's success with Bionic Era. What should have been a single from the album? Ooh, okay. All right, I'm gonna go two things here. Because I haven't seen you so excited to answer this question. I know. Well, because I think Woohoo, Woohoo was a single, I guess-ish, but it wasn't real single. She did have an album with it. She did a performance. It was all right. Um, if she were to do a single, I would probably choose Elastic Love um, because Elastic Love is 
one of those electro poppy that could have very easily fit in next to a Kesha song on the radio. Um, and it was still kind of like vibey and, and ahead of its time, but that electronic pop sound was present at that time. She could have easily slotted that in as a single and been successful with it, I think. How about you? Mike, I've been I've been really excited to share this with you because my yeah. single choice is Elast Elastic Love as well. Okay, tell me tell me more. I, I enjoy I liked it would didn't sound like Christina. Actually, the vocals reminded me almost of like a best coast. But then the backing um, was like high production and like more of this electro pop song. I thought a lot of the uh, bonus tracks were were good and sometimes better than what was on the album. Um, I I enjoyed Monday Morning as well, yes, uh, and so I would I would say it, that felt radio friendly to me. Um, and another one that that she could have had as a single. What aged well? So what aged like a fine wine, Mike, which is I'm sure easy for you to choose in this album as you're drinking your, um, wait, is that the rosé we sent you? No? Prosecco. Oh, honey, that was gone a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> and then what What didn't age well? So I would say um, I, I don't want to go with Woohoo because that's obviously self-explanatory. It would be a hit the, this today. Um, I would say all of her tracks with Sia. Um, like lift me up and um, her track I am like those those really those ballads that like and you, you're it's a cluster of ballads those age really well. What Christina Aguilera did in this album was introduce both Sia and Nicki Minaj to the world. Um, Sia at that point had not been really like popular. Like she was just like a, like an indie pop artist. And here she brought Sia as a writer on these songs. And then Sia all of a sudden blew up. Nicki Minaj, she was an underground rap artist, right? That was just doing mixtapes. Christina Aguilera brought her in. That, that same year, Nicki Minaj has a record deal. She releases her first album. She's successful, super bass, all that stuff. So, so 
she revolutionized with that those tracks. If I have to say that, that's what aged really well because you can very much plop those artists in today and it's going to be good. Um, what didn't do, what it did, hasn't aged well, I think is probably her sex for breakfast song um, and anything of a sexual nature. She, 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 she did it, right? But I don't think like, it's kind of cheesy when you look back at it. I, I agree with sex for breakfast. Um, the lyrics were were quite raunchy, but it's funny to call that raunchy in a world where WAP is like number one. That's kind of true. I didn't think about that. So to me, what aged the best? The deluxe edition. I thought the bonus tracks aged very well. So no, my little dreamer, I will miss your face. We'll always stay connected through time and space. The journey that we shared, but now how? What didn't age well to me? Uh, I thought I I have to agree with you. I think the way that uh, this album was marketed is what what I had put down. Um, the album was more experimental than Christina's image, um, and I don't think the general population was like ready for a change like that. I think you know it's interesting to me. You said she went from um, like dirty in the stripped era back to the basics and then back to that kind of um, persona and vibe with that. What was handcuffed in this album was that uh, you weren't able to see the typical Christina vocals that you might've had on previous albums. I think lift me up did that. You heard like that song's very beautiful, but I think um, overall, it wasn't GP friendly in, th in that respect and playing up to what Christina was known for. So what's your macro uh, reason for why it was considered a flop? What went wrong with this album? So Lady Gaga went wrong. <laughs> Lady Gaga's presence in the world and now her being the new pop queen um, and owning that electro pop sound, the edginess, the, 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 the being sense of uh, raw. And here comes Christina Aguilera trying to do her thing. Now, mind you, Christina Aguilera was ex-Tina before. And people's comparisons between her and Gaga, especially with Perez Hilton, kind of lighting the fire under that entire situation because he was best friends with Gaga, caused a lot of that kind of what went wrong. Um, again, I think it being short-lived and her not showing the variety on the album, to your point, like there is a variety on there. So she just didn't maybe market it and really live the era as much as long as you could for a 26 track record. I do think the sound was was different than Gaga's uh, The Fame Monster era, yeah. but but it was difficult because like, I, I don't know of an act, maybe Billy today, but like, I don't know of an act that came out and was as big as Gaga was in the pop space that was a really 
difficult, you know, person to compete with at the time. I think like my rationale for what went wrong, the album was delayed. I read and like that it was, it really hurt it because I think that if it hadn't have been delayed, it could have came at a time when, um, when the comparisons weren't as obvious to, to a Gaga, for example, because, um, because it would have preceded the fame monster era. And I think that's the era that really cemented Gaga as like this revolutionary. Um, And so I think that overlap um, could have really hurt uh, Christina's momentum. In 2008 um, or 2009, one of those two, she released a greatest hits record with two tracks that sound like they could have been in Bionic. Um, keeps getting better. And then another one was, I forgot what it was. It wasn't even a single. But if you look back at, I think it was the AMA performance, she also emulated Gaga at that time when Gaga was in her infancy in her career. Um, and so that gap between a couple of years between her greatest hits record, where she was really starting to do it, and the 2010 perpetuated that entire comparison. So to your point, she totally should have released it earlier and maybe even been ahead of Gaga, to be honest. How do you feel Christina's come back from Bionic and saved her career? She hasn't. Um, she hasn't, sadly. And, you know, her album after that was Lotus. Um, and Lotus was also a flop. Um, and then her album after that was Liberate. Uh, Liber- yeah, Liberate. Liberation? Liberation. Um, that also flopped. And... I think aside from moves like Jagger and say something where, you know, Traxxas uses her voice, like she just has not found her new pop way. And I think in some ways she takes herself too seriously. She already has cemented icon status, but I think to be honest, she hasn't aged as well into her career, probably because of her personality. She doesn't really have one. And even when she does do stuff, like she's kind of, she's kind of is rude sometimes to people. And even this era there, you can see behind the scenes of interviews and she's like rolling her eyes at people, like rushing them and just being really rude as a person. So that catches up to someone. And I think she's having a hard time finding her voice. No pun intended. My savior to her career is the voice, actually, yeah. um, and her presence there. Uh, and moves like Jagger, right? Hit number one. I mean, she was a feature on that. Um, I don't know that she'll ever come back the way she once was in terms yeah. commercially from a music perspective. Um, and and that happens naturally. Um, but I do think that she's she's pivoted in a way that I think, like looking back in our previous episode uh, with Katy Katy Perry, for example, who's trying to discover that next pathway, I think like um, Christina Christina has sort of found that mm-hmm. whether she'll ever be as as like acclaimed as she once was, I, I I just don't know that I see it happening. You know, I could see her coming out with an adult contemporary album. Um, 
and perhaps doing well with it. She just has to keep the eras very tight, um, keep her voice very much first, right? In this album, her voice is not first at all. Maybe a couple tracks, but other than that, her voice is very much in the back seat. Um, maybe she can find something. She goes something a little bit lighter sounding as well. But but I think she needs to let go of pop, traditional pop a little bit more. Uh, so it's that time of the show where we uh, read fan tweets, and there were quite a few uh, for Bionic, uh, which, Mike, speaking as you're pulling up the tweet, speaking of uh, your comment about uh, her her kind of lack of personality, um, that's a, it surprised me she has such a passionate fan base, uh, given, <laughs> given that comment. Um, I wouldn't call them passionate. Like we tweeted y'all today and no one responded to our tweet. <laughs> but um no, like I, I don't I feel like she still has that cemented icon status because of her success in her first um like five years of her career. And and speaking of the comparisons to Gaga, I pulled this tweet from a fan. Um, and it's a video of Perez Hilton. And it says, Perez Hilton spilled the tea about Lady Gaga complaining about Christina Aguilera, which eventually caused him to write uh, mean blogs about Bionic, hashtag justice for Bionic. And I should say, we talked about this in the Gaga episode, but Gaga and Christina have buried the hatchet, it seems, because they performed uh, Do What You Want together and released that as a track uh, in replacement of R. Kelly. Um, I'm happy they made amends because I think they realize, and a lot of pop women have realized these days, that you can't compare, right? Like you have to let each female artist stand on their own and stop playing the game and where men don't get compared. Um, Preselton was a bully in this era. I think he's even apologized for that. Um, since then, he's even participated and helped spearhead justice for our bionic movement uh, because he realized it was an album that was very much ahead of its time. And the second tweet is from uh, Jewel Supersonic, and it reads, a huge congrats to all the fighters all over the world. That's how I realized that this was their... their uh, their Stan name, mm -hmm. uh, we did it, but we don't stop here. We need to let the whole world know how amazing and talented our queen X Tina is. I'll, I'll add that even though that wasn't grammatically in there. Uh, for now, justice was served, hashtag 10 years of Bionic, hashtag justice for Bionic, hashtag X Tina. And I will say this tweet was referencing the fact that on iTunes, they got Bionic to number one. Yeah, good job, fighters, um, which is amazing. And I think it actually is the reason why um, Little Dreamer and one more track from that uh, deluxe edition was not available on Spotify, which made it available this year in 2020. Um, so thank you. All right. Well, it's the time for our 2020 review. Uh, Mike, I think I know what you're going to say, but yeah. Bionic, flop or not? Bionic is... Totally not a flop. Um, to your point earlier, Steve, that you confess and it makes me very happy. I can sleep 
very well tonight is that it was ahead of its time. Uh, you know, it kind of inspired and paved the way for a new era of pop dance music and uh, albums like Art Pop, you know, were, were cemented and given that opportunity because of that. So totally not a flop. What about you? I think that this will surprise you, but I am going to say it is not a flop. Yes. Uh, I was actually impressed by the album. Um, I thought that Christina, uh, she, I, I kind of thought that she was just kind of a hits artist, mm -hmm. um, similar to how we assessed Katie's, Katy Perry's career. Um, but I felt that the album overall, like, uh, there wasn't much like filler on it. I mean, it was it was a considerable amount of tracks. So the back half, the ballads, like I thought it was uneven um, in that respect. But I'll say overall, like it was a solid effort from from Christina, and it was it was innovative. I mean, yeah. I've I've been here touting art pop for for years, and now I, I feel like I was fooled because this sounded a lot like that. It's it's more than just a successful album because of its sonic um, ex experimentalism. It's because she brought more to life to it and now had a whole new pop era of dance pop ushering after that. I love it. <laughs> well, Mike, uh, that's a wrap for uh, episode five, Christina yes. Aguilera uh, Bionic. Uh, in on flopography and we thank you for for staying with us uh through five episodes mm -hmm. uh, as always please let us know um what you think of bionic mm -hmm. what you think of um the show and what albums you'd like us to review moving forward uh at flopography podcast across instagram facebook and and twitter yeah, and if you guys have some feedback or want to sound off, go to our Anchor profile, anchor.fm slash flopography podcast. There you can submit a voice memo and you have an opportunity to be included in some of our episodes in the future. So um, make sure you do that. But also, if you uh, are not listening to us, please watch us. And if you're on YouTube, like, comment, and subscribe on our profile. Uh, that's an important thing. It means a lot to us and it helps get our metrics up. So I always get that pointing wrong when I'm trying to point on the screen. I know some, 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 some podcasts do like, Oh, could you click the bell on the top right corner? And they like have a little ding sound, but we're not that fancy. Maybe one day season two. Exactly. There you go. Anyway, it was uh, great as always, Mike. Uh, thanks for choosing Bionic and opening up my eyes. Um, we can't wait to bring you uh, the final two episodes and we'll keep those uh, albums hush hush for now. Uh, so we can leave uh, you uh, with, with something of a surprise. Thank anyway, you. Have a good, have a good uh, rest of your day and we'll see you next time. Adios.